by believing according to the truth. Or in the spirit. Amen? Alright, so. And when we are able to do that, when we are able to make that identification, we renew our minds, and then walk those truths out, what will happen? What will happen is, experience and a testimony of the fulfillment of various scriptures. For instance, the Bible says in Colossians 1 verse 13, that you were in the kingdom of darkness. But when you got born again, the fact is, you have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness, out of the devil's dominion, into the kingdom of God's dear son, the son of his love. But that's wonderful, that's, that's beautiful, but you need to have that experience. But in, order to, in other words then, when you learn to walk this stuff out, your experience will be that the kingdom of darkness is not dominating you, but the kingdom of God's dear son. Galatians 5, 1 says that, that, um, that you might stand fast in the liberty. There is a liberty that belongs to the children of God. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. But then now that could become an experience. How does it become an experience that whom the son says free is free indeed? You got to know the truth, apply the truth, and that truth will produce that freedom. Amen? You see, on the, on the, at the end of the day, this is what it looks like. In your spirit, a lot of what you desire already is. In other words, um, in your spirit, your spirit you have already put on Christ. Your spirit is clothed with Christ. Because you are, every person that is born again, the second he's been born again and he was baptized into Christ, he put on Christ. But now he has to learn to put on Christ. Does that make sense? You, every person that is born again, God, Jesus was made to be sin for him and he has made the righteousness of God in Christ. But now he's got to learn to walk in righteousness and be righteous. Operate in authority. Operate as a son of God. Everyone that is born again is a son of God. But then he has to learn to be that. You are, but you must also become. In other words, you got to bring that to the outside. You got to draw it out. Amen? So, let's, 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 let's look at this. So then, but you must first identify that this life of Christ, that this is your life. This is who you are. Christ himself, that's my life. Christ is my life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, he, in Christ, is a new creation. And in Christ, all things have passed away. And in Christ, all things have become new. And in Christ, all things are of God. So everything that he is, in Christ, is now of God. Jesus is his peace, is his joy, is his strength. Is his life, is his righteousness, is his sanctification, is his victory. Amen? The Bible says, it, it, it says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Now, but I want to I really bear down on this, that you've got to make this identification, that that's my life. That's my life. Not what is in the physical mirror, but what is in the mirror of the word of God. That's your life. That's who you are. It says, it's, you know, 1 John 4, 9 says, that the love of God is manifested in this. That he came, he died, that we might live through him. Let me, quote, let me read it correctly. He, in this was manifested the love of God towards us. I like to think he didn't leave us as we were. But what did he do? 
He took that old life that we had and he gave us Jesus' life. In this was manifested the love of God towards us because God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him, that we might have his life. Herein is the love of God made perfect, that as he is, so are you in this world. He has replaced your old life with the life of his son. And he wants you to own that and recognize that this is now your life. We talk about Galatians 2.20, which, which I mentioned quite often, needs to be not just a scripture in the Bible, but it must become our testimony. That is that you have been crucified with Christ. The old man has been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer him that lives, but it is now Christ that liveth in you. And the life, the life that you now live, it is the life of Christ and you live it by the faith of the Son of God. We got to make that identification. He is my life. Amen. Now, this is what Jesus came for. This is why Jesus died, was buried, resurrected, ascended, shed his blood, gave us a... What was it for? Here is what it was for. Quite simply, it was to put an end to you. By the sacrifice of Christ, God took you out of the picture. You were crucified with him. By crucifixion and burial God took you out of the picture and by resurrection he now gave you the life of his son are you with me and then in ascension what has he done he is now in ascension now that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places at the father's right hand he now says okay this life that I've now given you that is the life of my son here it must now be made manifest it must now be revealed and the works that I had ordained for you to walk in from the foundation of the world must now take place. So in ascension, what's going on is that, he, is that we are to, the life that he has given us and the work that he has ordained for us to operate and function in are to be revealed. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, um, the King James says, that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Listen to the Amplified. We are God's own handiwork, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined. Planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Are you with me? So, it's no longer you to live, but it's Christ that lived in you. God put an end to you. He gave you Jesus' life in resurrection. And he said, now you're seated at my right hand. Take the blood. Take the name of Jesus. Take the life I've given you. Take these great promises. And now manifest that life and do the works that I've ordained for you to walk in. All right? Now, God is saying in all of this, he's saying, I've got a purpose for you. Second Timothy chapter 1 um, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 says, He saved you. He saved us. And he called you. What did he call you? He spoke certain things. And he called you with a holy calling. Not according to, to our works. Not according to your upbringing. Not according to your education. Not according to your financial means. But according 
to his own purpose and grace, which is, the, which is the ability of God to fulfill a purpose, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. You've noticed how many times it's talking about before the world began? Right? And what he had ordained from way back then, before the ages. That only shows that it's not based on what I do and what you do. Because the whole deal is this. God says, look, I've spoken things concerning you. I've said that you are to be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I've said you shall to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I have said this, I've said many things concerning you. But now, these things that he has spoken concerning you, he wants them fulfilled. But how do you, how, what is his plan to fulfill them? His plan to fulfill them is not, is, is by, he, he said, I've spoken these things concerning you. I've got a purpose for you, but here's how I'm going to do it. I'm not going to trust you in getting this done in a sense. Not the whole life that you have. What I'm going to do is this. I have put the life of my son. I've given you Jesus' life. I've put his life in you. And that life that I've placed in you, which is the life of Christ, that is the life that will fulfill the purposes of God that he, is, that he, is, um, that he has ordained from the foundation of the world. Are you with me? Man, this is a great plan. He didn't leave this thing to chance. He said, look here. What I'm going to simply do is I'm going to get you out of the way. I'm going to give you the life of my son. And all you got to do is learn to function in him. Let him, let him, let, 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 let function in him, function in that life. As in another place, Jesus said, he put it this way. Jesus says, if you want to be where I am and you want to come after me and you want to live. So God gave you the life of his son and it is that life of his son in you that will cause the fulfillment of what he has ordained for you. Are you with me? It is that divine life. In other words then, it's not your humanity. Say it's not my humanity. It is the life of Christ. It is the nature of God. It's not your humanity. It is the divine nature. It's not your humanity. All right? Let me give you a couple of scriptures. Let's turn to these scriptures quickly. Uh, Romans chapter 6. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. He says, before I formed you, I knew you. Romans chapter 6 verse 3. Know you not that, as, that, that so many of you as were baptized into Jesus Christ, you were baptized into his death. When you were, when, when Jesus when you were baptized into Christ, when you accepted Jesus, God says that you were in Christ when Jesus, you, he placed you in Jesus' death. Colossians 2.12 calls it the faith of the operation of God. God took every one of us, placed you in Christ, and then when Jesus died, you died. When Jesus was buried, you were buried. Old man is gone. When Jesus was resurrected, you were raised up and you now have his life. When Jesus was made to sit in the Father's right hand, you were made to sit in the Father's right hand in him. And then, of course, the application of the blood and these things. So it says, knowing this, you need to know this, that as many of you as were baptized or tie-dyed or, or tie-dyed into Christ, that you were baptized also into his death. Why? Therefore, you are buried. What is the concept? What does that mean? 
that you were baptized into his death. It means then that you were buried with him. Wherever he went, you went. Whatever he did, was the, it was done with you in him. So you were buried with him by baptism into death. And like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, you too were raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. And because you've been raised up by the glory of the Father, you are also now to walk in the newness of life. You are now to walk as one that has been raised up together with Christ and you now have Christ's life. Are you with me? Now look at um, Galatians chapter 3 verse 27. Say humanity. Galatians chapter 2 verse 27 says. Chapter 3. Did I say 2? No, chapter 3 verse 27. For as many of you as were baptized, tie-dyed, immersed, baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. The brand new believer that doesn't know what happened, he has already put on Christ. Now in another place it says put on the Lord Jesus Christ because you have. In other words, you've, been, you've put on Christ in your spirit, so now put him on in your soul. Let him, let him rule your life. You've been baptized in Christ, you've put on Christ. There is neither, in Christ that is, there isn't Jew. There is no Greek. There is no born. There is no free. There is no male. There is no female. In other words, in Christ, you don't have any of those human definitions. But in Christ, we are one. What kind of one? Jesus says that they might be one even as you even as the Father and I are one. We are one. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. First Corinthians six seventeen. Remember, the identification you've got to make is that I and him are one. My life is swallowed up by his. My life is hid with Christ in God. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that liveth in me. He is the vine, I'm the branch. It is the life of the vine that is flowing through the branch. You've got to make that identification in every situation. You are not, it's not God's design. In other words, in Christ, God doesn't see Jew. In Christ, in him, in that born again age, there's no Jew, there's no Gentile, there is no born, there is no free, there is no free, there is no male, there's no female. And if we were to look at Revelation 5 verse 9 and 10, which we won't look at, it says that by the blood of Jesus, he has redeemed you out of every tongue, out of every kindred, out of every nation, out of every people group. In other words, in Christ, there is no race, there is no black and white and Portuguese and brown. There is no Canadian or, or, or South American. There is no such thing. There is no ethnic group. There is no all these languages. No, none of that exists. But in Christ, you what? You are a new creation. Amen? So, 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 this is a new nature. You are to function in the new man. This is the, you are to function in the mystery of Christ in you. You are complete, you are entire in him. And that's what it's all about. So first of all, you've got to make that identification. Now Hebrews chapter 10 says, and you need to get a hold of this. That new creation is where all the victory is. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 12 says, This man, after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, he sat down on the right hand of the Father, on the right hand of God. And he was henceforth expecting his enemies to be made your footstool. His footstool. Jesus, after he did his sacrifice, he sat down and he has an expectation. His enemies will be made his footstool. Back in Hebrews 1 verse 13, God said to Jesus, You sit here until I make your enemies your footstool. The Father and Jesus and the Holy Ghost have a confident expectation that every one of Jesus' enemies will be made his footstool. 
Why? Because of verse 14. Because by one offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. In other words, God has this, super, this, this confidence and this expectation that the enemy will be made Jesus' footstool because of what his sacrifice has done. It has given you a brand new nature and the sacrifice has now placed Christ, the one that defeated the enemy, to be your life. Can you see that? Alright, okay, so God has this supernatural confidence. God has this confidence because he said, look, you are born again by resurrection unto a living hope. That is the confidence of God. First Peter 1.3. So now, that being the case, now let's back up a little bit. The Bible says how God has given us power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies hurt us and we are to bind on earth and all these wonderful scriptures. But how does this work? Remember, it's not humanity. It is the nature of God in you. What does that mean? What am I talking about? The enemy is to be placed underneath your feet. Not by humanity. Not by your humanity. But by the nature of Christ in you. If I can be a little bit bold, the enemy is to be placed underneath your feet. Not by your humanity, but the divinity that is in your spirit. 1 John 5, 4 says, Whosoever, whatever is born of God, overcometh the world. Have overcome the enemy. The world, the flesh, the devil has overcome him. And then it says, this is the victory that overcometh even our faith. In other words, you're totally victorious. You have total victory. And then it's faith that will cause it, cause it to become an experiential reality. But I still want, let me pull you back. In other words, it's not the functioning in your humanity. Whether you're male or female or bond or free or Jew or Gentile or education. No, it's not in your humanity. It is in the new nature. That is the reason why it says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 and 5. That the weapons of our warfare are what? They're not carnal. But they are what? Mighty how? Through God. To that divinity. Amen. So don't look to the flesh to get your victory. Thanks be to God which give us the victory how? Through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the divine nature. So first you've got to make that identification that this is my life. The life of Christ. Whether it be the peace, the joy, whatever it is. That's my life. And then number two. You've got to renew your mind to the details and the truths of the life. Which is to say you've got to have some knowledge. The Bible says where there is no knowledge. What happened? The people perish. They never take advantage of us because of ignorance. Isn't that right? Some are even destroyed. Why? Because of ignorance. So there got to be a knowledge of the new man and the details of that new man and the details of that divine nature. Amen? It says grace and peace, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, 3, and 4. Grace and peace is multiplied. It increases through the knowledge of him. Who has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. It's multiplied. You know it's wonderful to say from Romans 5.17. We receive abundance of grace. Okay. Abundance of grace. But the grace cannot operate. Grace. It is of faith that it might be by grace. Grace flows through faith. Grace flows through righteousness. So if you don't know what your rights are, if you don't know what belongs to you, if there isn't a knowledge of God, if there isn't a knowledge of the details of this divine nature, then the grace can't flow. It is multiplied through the knowledge of Him. Amen? 
It says in Ephesians 4 verse 17, and I, I know it, it speaks to both the unbeliever but also the believer. The believer can be born again, have all of these answers, have the divine nature, have the mystery of God inside of his spirit, have all that healing, all that health, all of that, but yet he can be alienated from that life that is just a few inches away. He can be alienated from it and be an alien to it. Why? Because of the ignorance that is in them because of the hardness of heart. Isn't that right? Is that what the words say? So therefore then, we got, it has to be important to us, Father, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Help me to know who you are. Help me to give me a greater understanding of who I am in you. And then help me out to walk it out. Amen? So there is the, there's the issue of the renewing of the mind and getting a hold of the truth. And then number three, the application of that truth. It is, it is not, it's not just the truth in itself, but it is the truth that you apply you, that, that brings the freedom. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It is the application of that truth. Imposing that truth. The Bible says faith is the substance of what? Things hoped for. The hope is a hope that comes from God. What is God's hope? What is God's expectation? What is God believing? What does God know? Why does God have this particular confidence? You need to, you see, when you, get, when you can get the utterance of God, and this is what God has spoken, this is what God has said, your expectation needs to be coming from the voice of God, from what He has spoken, not the circumstances. You're not looking at the circumstances to, to, to get your... Um, to, to, to get that, that confidence or to get that expectation. No, it must not come from the circumstance. It must come from him. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 2, I desire to know nothing except what? Jesus Christ and him crucified. It's all about that sacrifice. Because that sacrifice will reveal the details of what you've got on the inside of your spirit. That new nature. Amen? Hallelujah. So, Going back to Romans chapter 6 says, Know ye not that as many of you as were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death, therefore you were buried with him by baptism, and that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, and I like to add, you were also raised up, therefore now you are to walk in the newness of life. What do you mean walk in the newness of life? It means then that you are to walk as someone that is, that is in the place of where you're resurrected with Christ and you're seated with him. He's saying you need to think, you need to talk, you need to act that way in accordance to the truth of someone that was raised up with Christ. And to think and to talk and to act and to behave like that is called walking in the newness of life. And when you walk in the newness of life, you're walking as who you are in harmony with that new man, what will happen? Then the result is victory. Then the result is salvation, is wholeness. The Bible says to him that orders his conversation, his lifestyle, his speaking, his thinking, his believing, that orders it aright. He's not just leaving it to chance, but he orders it that way. What happens? I will see, will see the salvation of God. He will see the deliverance. He will see the answers manifested. Amen? Hallelujah. So Philippians 1.27 says, Let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel. Let your conversation be consistent and in harmony with the gospel which is Christ in you. That's the nature you got. That's where your victory is. The answer, you already have the answer. It's a question of drawing it out. Amen? 
You know, many times believers, we pray, oh God, and we cry out, for, we, 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 we cry out to God for breakthrough, and, and God, give me a breakthrough, and we, we go to a breakthrough service, and we have a breakthrough anointing service, and anoint with oil, and we go through all of that. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that in and of itself. But get a hold of this. Get a hold of this. Here, this is a fact. You are the breakthrough. You have the breakthrough. That life in you is the breakthrough. That life in you is the very breakthrough. You are, you are breakthrough going someplace to happen. You are the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is in you. Sometimes we don't always have the answer here, but you've got it in your spirit. So that is why we have to dig. That's why we have to seek. That's why we pray in the Holy Ghost. That's why we believe the word. That's why we, what for? We are drawing that out. Amen? You are designed to live as the son of God. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 3 says, Paul says, you are all carnal. Arguing as to who's baptized by Paul and who's baptized by Peter and who's baptized by John or James. He says, look, the mere fact that you guys are having these arguments means that you're carnal. He says, and, and you have need of milk instead of meat. I can't feed you properly because you're carnal. And then this is what he says, 1 Corinthians 3 verse 3. And you're living like mere men. In other words, you're just, you're living like a mere man rather than the son of God. God don't want you to be a mere human being. He wants you to live as a son of God. Amen? So that what? So that you can manifest what he has spoken. Remember when Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, um, where he says, come on to me, all you that what? Labor. And are heavily laden. And he says, I'll give you rest. And then he says, learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And you're going to find rest to your souls. Why, why did he say that this is how you're going to get rest? Learn of me. Because he is the life in you. And it's functioning in him. And he says, that's what's going to bring you into this place of rest. What do you mean the place of rest? In the place of rest is where you cease from your own labors. And it's not a dependency on self. But it's a dependency in his life. You can do all things how? Through Christ. That life that is in you. How do we do that? By faith. By faith. It is a faith that it might be by grace. Amen. So really, very simply, what is, it, what, what, what is this all about? What I'm basically saying and communicating to you is this. You have the answer. It's in your spirit. It is in that new nature. But you must make that identification that that new, that life inside you, that is the, that you must make that, that is who you really are. Don't take all these outward human labels to define you. If you do, then they will become your limitation. Jesus said you're in the world, but what? Not of the world. You're not to be defined by the world. Amen? He that is born of God overcometh the world. You're not defined by the world. You are a son of God. You've got his nature. I mean, if I, if I decide I'm going to walk in forgiveness based on how I feel, I can't do it. But in my spirit, the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart. How am I going to fight off the sickness and disease? By human effort? No. But by his traps I'm healed. My spirit is pregnant with divine life and I learn to draw that out or whatever the case might be. The answer is in your spirit. You've already have the answer. You've got the answer. The issue is how do you draw it out? How do you draw it out? You make the identification that this is my life. Identify it. Only this is who I am. This is what I've got. Find out the details by studying and meditating in the word. And then 
impose that truth, act on the word, walk in faith, walk in the newness of life, and victory will be made manifest. Amen? The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight, not by circumstances. Blessed be the name of the Lord. All right, glory to God. Hallelujah. How did we do? <laughs> praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise God forevermore. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. And Father, I pray that this word that has gone forth, it shall not return void. But let it produce. Let it bring a harvest of righteousness and an increase in the fruits of righteousness in each of our lives. Both here and those in the live stream in Jesus' name. Amen.